And welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with John Bevere, who is a speaker, author, and founder. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in to yet again another episode of the podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. So great to have you. If you're a long-time listener, well, welcome back again, um, and thank you for your continuous support of this, pod- of this podcast. In this conversation, I speak with John Bevere, who is a speaker, author, and founder, and we talk about his latest book, X, not X Factor, but X, How to Multiply Your God-Given Potential. Um, we talk about the practical, of uh, the gap between possessing potential and turning it into action. How do we identify um, what our purpose is? How do, we, how do we know what our spiritual giftings are? What does it mean to multiply? Um, all of these questions we, we discuss uh, and John elaborates on. And really just understanding um, what we're doing, if it's God-honoring. How, how, how do we know if it's for his glory um, in, in the good that we do, um, where we are right now? Um, and it's not only if you're inside of ministry, um, but wherever you may be uh, in business, in education, in sports, um, in medicine, um, in, in honoring God and, um, and being a disciple in the midst of these places. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with John. John, thanks so much for taking the time to join me in the Guys Like Us podcast. Tyler, it's a pleasure. It's a privilege and an honor. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And so um, I know that you're, you've, uh, you've published several books and you're kind of uh, in the midst of um, an exciting new book, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your backstory in uh, Messenger International. I think um, obviously something that has, has developed and has, uh, has been a big part of your story um, in, in these past years here. So can you talk a little bit about the origin of Messenger International um, and just what the vision was kind of when you were initially going? Uh, which I think will help segue into the book. We served in two churches in the 1980s, and uh, 1989, our pastor launched Lisa and I, and we co-founded Messenger International. And um, it's kind of the part of the testimony, but I wasn't much of a a writer at all, and God spoke to me and told me to write uh, in the summer of 1991. So... Um, I've written now 22 books. They're in 111 languages. The third book I wrote in 1994 was Bait of Satan, which is pushing 2 million copies sold. It's an international bestseller. Um, So we, you know, we, we've seen tens of millions out there now. Uh, yeah. Our real passion, though, Tyler, at Messenger International, um, God spoke to us about a year or 10 years ago and said, I want you to get your resources into, into the hands of every pastor in the world that can't afford them. Hmm. And so um, it seemed kind of impossible, but it, 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 you, you know better than to say that. Well, in the last 10 years, by the grace of God, we've been able to give over 41 million resources to pastors and leaders in 226 nations in 111 languages. 
So we're talking about just a million and a half resources alone given mm -hmm. to Iranian pastors in Farsi, wow. uh, over a million in China. You know, I could go Cambodia, yeah. Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, mm -hmm. all these nations. And so mm -hmm. that's been my real joy. Um, you know, we have books galore here in America, but what a lot of people don't realize, and, and the guys that are joining us right now, or ladies, um, sure. they beg for the crumbs that fall from our table. Uh, one of our business people that have given quite a lot of money to this endeavor uh, was in Mongolia, and he was in a yurk, which that's that white tent that 30% of the population lives in. Hmm. He said, John, I'm in the middle of nowhere, and he said, I know they got the Driven by Eternity book one yeah. month earlier, yeah. and already 10 leaders had read it. Wow. And he said it looked like it was 10 years old. So we'll watch leaders in Vietnam go walk five hours out of the mountains, sit on a concrete floor, and wait four hours to be given one book. So nine hours one way waiting for that book, then another five hours back. So you're talking about mm. a total of 14 hour day to get one book. Yeah. One uh, girl, uh, she was in Syria, had one of our books that we had given her in. Yeah. Uh, she was on a boat going as a refugee and the boat sank. She, uh, Her grandfather died, her mom died, her dad died, and her brother died. She swam for four hours. She let go of all of her personal things except for that one book. Four hours later, she was about to go unconscious. She was pulled into the boat by Turkish fishermen. And here's a girl that's alive today just because of one book, and she held on to it. And so it's yeah. amazing to me. It's really been the, you know, the joy of our life, being able to give to people who can never repay us. So that's, sure. that's a little bit about Messenger International, about what Lisa and I do. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. And, and um, I just think it's crazy. I, I think my, my most frequented site is Amazon Prime now and just the access I'm able to kind of get some of these books in and um, and how quickly it can get to my doorstep. But I know that's not always the reality for a lot of a lot of people around the world and um, just it's it's really encouraging to hear how 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 much interest there is, A and then B just um, and how you're making a way for this to, for this to be possible. And and what I would love to segue into is is your your book here and um, X, how to multiply your God-given potential, um, and you t you kind of talk about the gap of between possessing potential and then turning it into action. Um, and the first thing I, I personally looked up was X factor. I don't know. I saw this big X, and that was a that's what came to mind. Which is, and I was looking up a circumstance, quality, or person that has a strong but unpredictable influence. Is there any kind of connection between X Factor and X? Um, no, the there title? isn't. We thought about naming it that, but we decided not to. Uh, the yeah. reason the book's titled X is yeah. simply this. Um, God has uniquely gifted every single one of us, and these gifts are not just natural talents. They are actually supernatural. They belong to Him. Uh, hmm. And how we multiply those gifts strongly determines how we'll be rewarded throughout eternity. If uh, the, the book opens up with a story that um, uh, one of our, our guys that have given just a lot of money to our ministry to help us give books to pastors overseas, he took me to Riviera Golf Club in, in California, and we were on the way back from, after a great round of golf. And his name is Stan, and, and, and Stan said, John, he said, can I, can I be a little vulnerable with you? I said, sure. He said, you know, I have worked really hard to build our businesses up, and I'm worth about $9 million now. My wife's cared for life. My children are cared for life. He said, you know, I'm turning 50. Why should I, you know, work as hard as I have worked 
to build to build my worth up to 35 million why why should i do that and i said well let me answer it like this i said i've written 22 books i've gotten on planes traveled fought jet lag yeah. uh, stood on platforms uh looking at people that had never seen me before ate strange foods fought customs uh, or different cultures i should say lived in little hotel rooms for 200 nights a year uh, I've done that. My wife's cared for. My children are cared for. Why should I continue to do that? Hmm. And he, he laughed. Tyler, he laughed at me. Yeah. And he said, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when you face Jesus. I said, Stan, you just said the exact same words. And I remember the hmm. horror that hit his face. Wow. I said, Stan, every one of us has a call in our life. You know, Tyler, if you say to somebody, oh, that guy's got a call in his life <clears throat> or that girl's got a call in her life, we think missionary. Right. We think pastor, we think worship leader. The fact is, and this is the truth, every single person has a call of God on their life. Hmm. And with that calling comes gifts. And I said, you have gifts and you can use those gifts one of three ways, Stan. I said, hmm. you can sit on them. I said, you can use them to build yourself and your family. I said, yeah. or you can use them to build the kingdom. Yeah. Well, it woke him up. You know, Tyler, um, you know, I was talking to a pastor yesterday, and I remember when he said, you know, <clears throat> he didn't quite connect fully with what I was saying. He said, I look at the people, you know, his, he has taken his dad's church, and they have over 30,000, <clears> excuse me, 30,000 members, right? right? And he said, you know, my dad, when he birthed the church, there were people that came and mowed the lawn and cleaned the church and did this so that my dad could give himself to building the church. And I said, well, that's really not what I'm talking about. I said, <clears throat> I'm talking about the guy who's gifted to be a plumber, the guy that's gifted to remove tumors. I said, these are all vital keys to building the kingdom of God. And I said, the parts that are seen, I've got a seen part. It's easy to connect my dots, the mm -hmm. writing and speaking. But I said, well, Stan, Stan couldn't mm -hmm. connect the dots. So... If you, if you look at this, let me, let me set it up with this. This is one of the most heartbreaking stories. I have a different friend. He has about 40,000 members in his church, and every year he does a conference. And he pastors and leaders come from all over the country to his conference. And there's a very well-known medical doctor in his church. And he was walking through the auditorium before the conference, and he saw the medical doctor putting pamphlets uh, delegates pamphlets on each of the seats and he ran over and said doctor doctor no we have interns and volunteers that do this you shouldn't be doing this and he said the doctor rebuked him politely but he rebuked my pastor friend mm -hmm. he said pastor I take one week a year off of my practice so that I can build the kingdom of God please don't take this away from me I about wanted to cry when I heard that Tyler yeah. because that means that that man serves God, builds the kingdom of God one week a year. What is he doing the other 51 weeks of the year? See, he separated the secular from the sacred, right? We, we look at the secular is, or the sacred, let's go sacred first. We look at the sacred is when I'm in church 90 minutes on Sunday, when I'm listening to Tyler on the, on the podcast, when I'm listening to worship music, but when I'm going to my, my, my doctor's office to do my practice, that's, that's secular. No, it's all sacred. Mm -hmm. See, here's the deal. He may cause somebody to live that's going to end up winning thousands of people. A plumber may mm -hmm. end up fixing a mom, single mom's toilet, and that 
clean saved her two hours of cleaning up mess from a toilet. And in that two hours, she interceded and 3,000 people got saved in Cambodia. The problem is we're trying to see how our dots are connected to building the kingdom, and that's not what God says. God says, whatever you do, do it as unto me. And so God has given us these unique gifts, and the, what he expects us to do is to multiply them. If you look at the parable mm-hmm. of the talents, Jesus is saying that all of us are given unique, supernatural talents. Now, here's the thing. There are natural abilities, but these aren't natural abilities. These are supernatural abilities. Okay, if you look at the word uh, grace, it's the Greek word charis. All right, charis, a lot of people don't understand this, and I'm not speaking just pulling something out of the air. A survey was done, and 98% of the Christians in America don't understand that grace means God's empowerment. So they understand that it means salvation. They understand it means forgiveness of sins. They understand it's a free gift. But 98% of Christians in America don't understand that grace is God's empowerment that gives me the ability to go beyond my natural ability. Hmm. Now, you put an M and an A on charis, and you get charisma. That's our gifts. So charisma is the specific empowerment of grace that gives me the ability to do something more powerfully in an area than than natural mainstream ability can do. If you look at the painting behind me, That was done by Akiana at eight years old. That's the Prince of Peace, very famous portrait. She did it at eight years old. That's a gift. That's a charisma on her life. If you look at that doctor that's able to remove tumors, I mean, I would kill somebody, Tyler, if I tried to remove a tumor from their body. That's a charisma. Hmm. So Jesus says in the parable of talents that we're not all given just one charisma. Some are given two, some are given five, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at it, one guy maintains his gift. If you look at the other two, they multiplied their gift. What did the master say to the two that multiplied their gifts? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I always saw faithful as being dependable, reliable, consistent, devoted, truthful, He just directly connected being faithful to multiplying because there's nothing else in that parable that that servant did. did, He didn't say that servant was full of joy, listened to a lot of worship music, wrote worships. He didn't say any of that. He said that servant multiplied their gift. So he directly defines faithful as multiplying. And he looks at the guy who maintains his gift and says, you're wicked and lazy. Now remember, this is a servant in the kingdom. So he's not saying you're not going to heaven. The word wicked means possessing a serious fault that causes us to be worthless in our labor. So in other words, he maintained. So I've always seen like, oh, I got my small business over here. I go to church when the doors are open. I go to my men's group. I'm faithful. No, according to that parable, I'm wicked and lazy. Because I could have expanded my business because that's my gift I have to be able to give into the kingdom to build the kingdom. I could have had a Bible study as a single mom with all the other single moms and done. See, there's a lot of ways that we have gifts in us that we that God expects us to multiply. I mean, the first command that God gives when he puts man on the earth is be fruitful and multiply. 
Jesus is para- he wasn't just saying have babies. He was saying anything I give to you, return it back to me, multiply. Jesus's parable of the talents is him specifically applying that first commandment to our supernatural giftings. Now, here is the catch, and this is why this book is so important. Romans 5.2 says we have access to grace through faith. So in other words, the only way we can access grace's empowerment is if we believe. That's why it's so tragic mm-hmm. that 98% of the Americans and a Christian don't in, in a, 98% of the uh, Christian Americans don't know that grace is God's empowerment. That means they're trying to live their Christian life in their own ability. You're going to yeah. fail. Yeah. Fall on your face if you try to do it in your own ability. So you don't have any access to that empowerment unless you believe. You can't believe what you don't know. So if you don't know that there are supernatural gifts imparted into your life, you're not going to have the ability to operate them. I mean, look at because here, here there's a lot of guys that think, well, I'm godly. Well, that's not good enough because Timothy was the most godly guy in the New Testament. Paul wrote to him in the first chap, first letter and said, Timothy, in chapter four, verse 14, your God given gift is inoperative. It's dormant. It's not operating. Okay, so if being godly operates the gift, Timothy would have had it operating to the max. No, Paul said, your God-given gift is not operating, Timothy. Then in the second letter, he writes to him and says, stir up that gift. It's still not operating. Hmm. So what operates that gift is believing. And that's why, you know, I've wanted to write this book for years, but I made a covenant with God. I said, I'm not going to write a book until you speak to me. So God spoke to me, and I'm so glad I didn't write it early And that is because I'm 61 years old, Tyler, and I have the heart of a dad. I want to see you, Tyler, go further than me. I want to see every guy listening go go farther than I have. And so what this book will do is help you to discover your gifts, to believe so your gifts will operate, to develop your gifts, and then to really live because no man or woman – experiences true life until we take what is uniquely put in us by God and mm. we multiply it for the benefit of others. Mm. Well, well, thank you so much. And I, I know that we're, we're short on time here, but just um, f- final two questions and y- you can make these quick here. Um, I think one is just where do we start in understanding kind of what our, what our spiritual gifts might be? Um, or at least w- what are a few indicators that there might be something uh, that is is not natural that is in us that can that can then lead to multiplication. And then just to wrap up, where can we where can we uh, find you and all that you're doing? Okay, so I have the end of the book really goes into this, yeah. but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple things that will help. <clears throat> Paul told Timothy that that gift he is to give his full attention to it. He's to meditate and cultivate these things. So the first way is is we gotta we gotta ask God. Okay, my worst subject in high school was English and creative writing. But I'm out praying in the summer of '91, and God spoke to me and said, "Son, I want you to write." Yeah. If you would have told my English teachers that I would have been an international best-selling author, they would have laughed you out of the room because I scored 370 on the English and SAT. So. It first of all happens by the word of the Lord. We get a, a, an impression in our spirit. Son, I want you to write. Yeah. All right. Secondly, that gift has to be developed, and it's developed by faith. So we cultivate. We practice. We meditate. We give ourselves to it, right? 
that gift, according to the scripture, will make room for us. Yeah. It will enlarge our space. It will make us more productive. So it is really important that we listen because we want a personal relationship with Jesus. We need to listen. Now, that gift is is going to, when it operates in our life, we're going to lose track of time. We're actually going to be energized doing it. Hmm. Okay? So hmm. a lot of people, I remember back in the days when I was in, in my 20s like you, <clears throat> somebody would say to me, hey, you know, you're called to ministry. I didn't want anything to do with ministry because I saw ministry as boring as they weren't athletes, they were weird, you know, and I'm just being really transparent. And I didn't realize that what would really energize my life is getting into what God had called me to do. And so I look at so many people, they don't have the passion that Mother Teresa had, that Billy Graham had in this, because they don't see what they're doing as valuable to the kingdom. There's only about two, three, four, five percent of us that are called to vocational ministry. The rest of us are called to be in the medical field, in government, in athletics, and that is a calling. So this is the way hmm. we discover, through prayer, listening, and then what do we find ourselves, who are we gravitating to? Are we gravitating, because let me tell you, you'll gravitate to people that have similar giftings, because why? They'll help sharp, sharpen you, but that's that's so much I could talk about yeah, on that yeah, one, but yeah. the way they can get the book, it's out, it can't, it's publication date was November 17, 2020. So you can get it at Target, you can get it at Barnes and Nobles, right. Books a Million, you can get it at Amazon, you can get the Audible version, you can get the Kindle version, or if you really wanna get the courses and a lot of things that we have to go with it, go to johnbevere.com. So my last name is spelled just like severe. So instead of an S, it's a B. So it's B-E-V-E-R-E. -E -E. So johnbevere.com, and you'll find everything you need there to be able to get the book. And I would suggest for guys to go through it together because um, I have a guy on our team that has read all 22 books that I've written because he does the workbooks yeah. for our leaders, right? And he said, John, by far this is my favorite book you've written yet. And I've had a couple of businessmen contact me before the book came out and said, without a doubt, this book has put a fire in me that will not stop burning for a wow. long, long time. I hope it never stops burning, but it yeah. really will energize your faith so that you can now start seeing those gifts operate. Awesome. Well, hey, John, thanks so much. I, I had Addison on a few months ago and he um, he left me energized and I'm getting the same feeling from you as well. So must be must be something in the family there. But um, no, but thank, thank you so much for uh, for your time today. Um, and I'll speak Time to you soon. It's a real pleasure. It's an honor.